0: Hey, Matt here, and welcome to the Gringo Guava podcast, where I talk about what it's like to be a perpetual foreigner. I'm a 23-year-old college student wanting to go to as many places as possible with the perspective of an outsider looking to learn. Right now, I'm in Thailand for the next couple of months with BYU, working on research on democratization theory. So this week we're gonna be talking about our trip to Sukhothai, which used to be the capital a long, long time ago of a northern kingdom. So there's a lot of ruins and historical stuff there that we got to see and some temples that we saw on our drive there. We're also gonna be having an interview with one of my classmates, Soraya Hong, about her travels and what it's like to be an Asian American traveling in Asia. And yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. The first place we went was Lampang, Temple that we went to there was really cool. One thing that was different there from the other temples we went to, they had these footsteps of where the Buddha had been, and there's a lot of different interpretations about that. What that actually means. They're like in concrete, and some of them were like ten feet long. And Siddhartha Gautama was not, you know, 90 feet tall. People know that. And so it was interesting like what that really meant. And the abbot that we talked to said he feels like it's more symbolic to remind people that the Buddha actually walked on earth and like was a person, that he was actually here. And I thought that was interesting, the idea of grounding historical fakers in reality. It's a lot like people that have been to Jerusalem have told me that being to the places like the Garden Tomb where Jesus was or being to the Sea of Galilee where Jesus taught really makes it more real for people. I think that just those footsteps help remind people that he was real. There was a really funny moment, too, with Soraya, um, and we'll hear more about that later in the interview, but just interesting standards about modesty here. On the way, we went to what was once, what is the oldest still-standing wooden temple in Thailand, so even though it was about 600 years newer it was from like 1200 more or less it seemed a lot older and stuff and it was interesting that that was a really about the same scale temple and we talked about how over the centuries like there's been shifting power centers within Thailand and a lot of times those really big temples are built in the capital city but there's several of them because those power centers have just shifted a lot yeah so Lampung was really cool there was a gong there that I got a ring and it just was awesome because even ringing the gong, you can still, like if you listen carefully, you probably hear the birds in the background and at these Buddhist temples there's always so much like nature and so many trees and I love the way that there's birds and stuff and it's just like not as pristine and quite as manicured as sometimes like other places that you might go that are religious, but yeah, that was beautiful. Then we got to Sukhothai. We were staying at this really nice hotel. It was so nice to have air conditioning again, and they had this really nice pool. But I forgot my swimsuit, so we went to Big C, which is kind of like a Walmart here. Had a hard time like finding a suit that fit me, and we found one that like technically like I could get around my body, but it was like still too small. Like I'm kind of getting a little bit chunkier, and I need like an XL, but this was a large. And I promise there's a point to this. We were late getting back to the hotel because our bus driver had to find a Hello Kitty phone case and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then when we got into the bus, I realized like everything he has in the bus is Hello Kitty, like his steering wheel and stuff and his name, his nickname in Thai is actually Kitty, which people in Thai have like longer names, but they use their nicknames a lot. And it was really cool. This guy just like breaking gender norms, being a huge Hello Kitty fan. I'm a fan of certain things. It was fun to see that. So we got back to the hotel. And when I was getting in the pool, instead of like walking up upstairs and like down the stairs into the pool, I just tried to like kind of hurdle, hurdle the pool wall because it was kind of like above us. And when I was straddling the wall, my suit just immediately ripped probably like an eight inch hole in the groin area. And so it was horrible because I didn't have anything on underneath that I'd be like covered it up. And I was like facing Soraya who I had gone to Big Sea with because she didn't have a suit and it was just horrible. So I made like a white scrap. Oh, I, it was too small to see anything. I was like, that's bullcrap. Um, you just, it was crazy and weird, but it was really funny. So I wound up, even though I went to this big journey to Big Sea, had to swim in my shorts anyways, but it was fine. Always news stories. And then we went and got suko thai noodles that week. It was kind of like pho, like a different flavor. I really liked it because I love pho. It was a similar like rice noodles, but just with different flavors and stuff. So delicious. And then the next morning, we went to Sukhothai. we rented out some bikes again, gotta love that. Just cycling around, and we went to where like all the ruins are, and there were just like giant Buddhas. Like, we've seen like, some big Buddhas, but these things were like, I don't know, 100 feet tall. That might be an exaggeration, I'm bad at that kind of stuff, but they were so big. And there was a bunch of them, there were so many Buddhas. And it was crazy thinking that this is from like, mil- like a millennium ago, like this is old stuff and how grand their architecture was and how, like, decayed it is now. And because Sukhothai wasn't all built in, like, a day, it was built, like, over time, there was some stuff that was, like, more Cambodian, some stuff that had more, like, Thai. And, again, seeing this, like, way that power shifts and thinking that, like, this kingdom was once massive but now it's not kind of puts, like, your own history into perspective. Like, right now, we're, like, the big boys, But in the future, like, who knows? Another thing that was kind of funny on this trip was that people were like, I don't know, if you follow me on my personal story, which most of you probably do, because I only have, like, maybe, like, 15 people that listen to this. Shout out to you guys. Um, You'll see that some of the jokes I make, like, my last podcast, like, just the name of it, was, like, what in the world and what is a Thai temple? And people, like, ask me, like, don't you think that's maybe, like, taking it too far? And it might be, I'm sorry if it is, but I just think that I love the culture here. So let me know what you think about that. But, so another cool thing was there was a bell and the story of it is that back in the day, you would ring the bell if you had any kind of a problem and the king himself would come out and he would personally help you resolve like a conflict between two people or help you with whatever you needed. It's interesting that they have an idea here of a benevolent king and even in the modern era with so many coups and there's been military dictatorships there's an idea of what we call despotic paternalism that you can be a despot or like an absolute ruler but also paternal where you want to take care of your people and that's actually a good thing because if you give someone lots of authority but they do have good intentions, it's gonna help people. The problem is that even in Thai history, most of the time people, when they get that power, they don't have good intentions and they abuse it. Even if they initially had good ideas, it corrupts. But that idea is still just so ingrained in Thai culture. And then, yeah, we did a hike up to another stupa and it was interesting that this was, I think it was outside of the, Sukhothai a UNESCO World Heritage Site and we went up to the stupa and it wasn't like it's well preserved. Like it was, the path up there was. Was like all just rocks and stuff and i was just thinking about you know obviously sukutai was beautiful and amazing i'm am so grateful that it gets preserved but it is interesting how some stuff gets preserved and other stuff doesn't and how we make that distinction how we make those decisions it seems very arbitrary and thinking like what does a unesco world heritage site what does that really mean and so i looked it up and a world heritage site according to wikipedia is a landmarker area which is selected by the united nations educational scientific and cultural organization unesco as having cultural historical scientific or other form of significance and is legally protected by international treaties and so it's just interesting that there's this international organization so it's like oh these things are important to us but like how can a global organization decide what's important to Thai people or Thai culture It's interesting that, though also beautiful, I think, that we've said certain things are heritages of all of humanity. Me going to Sukhothai, I can look at that and be like, wow, like humanity as a whole has done such amazing, amazing things. Whereas other things are not that way. You know, other, other things thing that are fascinating more about like, is that the people type, that built Sukhothai, you know, they didn't build that much. with the intention of having it be a World Heritage Site for us. They just built it as a capital, a place to do business, a place to govern from. And we build these huge yeah. monuments, you know, the Eiffel Tower, the Washington yeah. Monument, the White House, whatever you call it. But in the end, like, who's to say what's gonna last and what's gonna be permanent? And it kind of reminds me of the end of the original Planet of the Apes where you see the Statue of Liberty just covered all the way up to the torch and thinking that, you know, in a thousand years, like, what's gonna be left of our society? And is it really going to be something that's still important? Like, no, it's not. And realizing our own kind of impermanence, I think, is something that's beautiful about exploring these own ruins. So at the same time, we've been reading a book called Democracy Shaken and Stirred, which was written in Thai by a Thai author. So it goes from 1932, which is when the original revolution that overthrew the monarchy happened, all the way up to like the 90s, and goes through so many coups and so many changes in power. It's basically told as the memories of these two men, and at the beginning it shows them as old men, as friends, but then it goes back and they're talking about how they started as enemies, how one of them was a lawman, a policeman, and the other was a robber who was actually robbing and stuff to fund his rebel actions against the government but they grew to respect each other and then just seeing their different stories like as two fictional characters woven throughout this real history you might say like one of them has like a very lawful good alignment and then one has like a chaotic good alignment you know one of the the lawman was just always about order and upholding the current regime whereas the other guy was always rebelling and just always trying to push for change and this dynamic in thailand about which is the right thing to do but through the lens of this you see many many of the coups in thailand's history um my favorite part was the guy who's the robber and and the rebel he's been falsely accused and thrown in prison and then he escapes and then during world war ii thailand kind of like how france signed a treaty with germany where they're ostensibly free but it was like really Vichy france and then there was like an independent france movement it's kind of was like that where thailand was basically under japanese occupation but still were independent but there's a free thai movement so people that were trying to kick them out and push for the freedom of the thai people so this guy joins with them and then he's trying to relay a message to one of the generals of this movement and then the guy that's taking him rats him out and sells him out to the japanese and so they're getting the information from him and like torturing it out of him But then you find out that they knew that the guy that turned him in was going to betray them and turn him into the Japanese. And they gave that... He was essentially doing a suicide mission where they wanted the Japanese to have false intel. And it was like, oh my gosh, it was so crazy because you were so sad when he gets betrayed. But then you find out that he knew he was going to be betrayed and made it so intense. And just thinking about who is a patriot and who is a traitor in our society you could see that reflected like that guy he believed in even working outside of the system to create change and he saw himself as a patriot and he was willing to do so so much for what he believed in and it was just really interesting also seeing them as friends at the end and they're recounting these old stories like these crazy things that have happened to them but they recount them as these like silly kind of minor things like oh these old memories from the old times and that's just 60 years of perspective you know from 32 to 92, but when you think about, like, going to Sukhothai, what are things going to be, like, seen as in a thousand years? These things won't even matter. 18 coups that have happened, or how, however many, those things aren't even going to be, those are, that's like a blip in the history of the universe, so it was interesting to see those two kind of things play out, you know, going to Sukhotai and seeing this old, old kingdom where you know that there was and you know that there was politics and things, but in the end, it's just going to be a huge ruin one day. And the same with Thai politics, with our politics, like in the end, all of these things aren't going to exist anymore, so the- I think that what it teaches me is that the most important thing is to push for good in the world, not be selfish, and just try and love others. It's so sad to see how much harm can be done in a few years of someone just being greedy and they are in power for a few years and they can just wreck. But their impact they've had can be felt for so many years and it made me sad for even our own country and some of the things that are happening. How even just a few years, how far it can set us back. So, yeah, just thinking about all, th- all that stuff and about the impermanence of government as a political science major, it was kind of really seeing that like eye to eye. But I do think it is important that we try to create good in the world still. I still have faith in that. So, yeah, really interesting book, really interesting time at Sukkotai and seeing those themes like tie together was really fun. Another really cool thing was a couple of days after this, we had our opening social on Monday. And we just went to what was this Lana Cultural Center. So, I don't know, I've talked about this. Lana's, like, northern Thai culture. And when we were there, it was just kind of posh and really cool. There had people that were carving watermelons and doing, like, these, like, traditional, really artsy, cool Thai fruit carvings. And someone was playing the xylophone thing, which was really cool, which I got some audio of. And then we had this traditional Thai dinner, which was, like, a buffet. And it was kind of cool because, like, the table was... Um, like, maybe a foot elevated off the ground, but instead of, like, squatting under the table, it was, like, dug out, so you could, like, sit. You basically, like, sat on the ground, but then your legs went down into, like, this space underneath the table, and it was just, like, really weird setup, but, like, really fun. And then we watched this show that was, like, traditional Thai culture dancing, and was really fun, and just great to hang out with people. One thing that was kind of interesting that I was talking to my professor about is... Here, sometimes you just see like older white guys with like really young like Thai girls, and it's weird. And he said it makes him like really, really mad. Cause I, like, I just didn't like, I guess, understand a hundred percent what was going on. But he just talked about how the majority of those cases are people that are basically being s- s- sex trafficked, and they're not in control of like what's going on. And it's just really disgusting how people come here to do that. And it was really sad to, like, think about that. And then he said, you know, and even if it is something that's, like, legitimate. And maybe this is, like, I don't know. This is what he said. He just said, if it's something legitimate, you know, one person's there for one thing. And they're just there to, like, get what they can get out of it. And it was kind of sad just because, I know, I love love. And I... <laughs> I just want people to be happy and people to be able to be together and actually love each other. And it is just kind of like sad to see the way that some people take advantage of women that aren't in a good situation. Uh, Yeah. So at the same time, we've been reading a book called Democracy Shaken and Stirred, which was written in Thai by a Thai author. So it goes from 1932, which is when the original revolution that overthrew the monarchy happened, all the way up to like the 90s, and goes through so many coups and so many changes in power. It's basically told as the memories of these two men, and at the beginning it shows them as old men, as friends, but then it goes back and they're talking about how they started as enemies, how one of them was a lawman, a policeman, and the other was a robber who was actually robbing and stuff to fund his rebel actions against the government. But they grew to respect each other and then just seeing their different stories like as two fictional characters woven throughout this real history. You might say like one of them has like a very lawful good alignment and then one has like a chaotic good alignment. You know, one of the, the lawman was just always about order and upholding the current regime, whereas the other guy was always rebelling and just always trying to push for change and this dynamic in thailand about which is the right thing to do but through the lens of this you see many many of the coups in thailand's history um my favorite part was the guy who's the robber and and the rebel he's been falsely accused and thrown in prison and then he escapes and then during world war ii thailand kind of like how france signed a treaty with germany where they're ostensibly free but it was like really vichy france and then there was like an independent france movement it's kind of was like that where thailand was basically under japanese occupation but was still were independent but there's a free thai movement so people that were trying to kick them out and push for the freedom of the thai people so this guy joins with them and then he's trying to relay a message to one of the generals of this movement and then the guy that's taking him rats him out and sells him out to the japanese and so they're getting the information from him and like torturing it out of him But then you find out that they knew that the guy that turned him in was going to betray them and turn him into the Japanese. And they gave that... He was essentially doing a suicide mission where they wanted the Japanese to have false intel. And it was like, oh my gosh, it was so crazy because you were so sad when he gets betrayed. But then you find out that he knew he was going to be betrayed and made it so intense. And just thinking about who is a patriot and who is a traitor in our society you could see that reflected like that guy he believed in even working outside of the system to create change and he saw himself as a patriot and he was willing to do so so much for what he believed in and it was just really interesting also seeing them as friends at the end and they're recounting these old stories like these crazy things that have happened to them but they recount them as these like silly kind of minor things like oh these old memories from the old times and that's just 60 years of perspective you know from thirty two to ninety two but when you think about like going to Sukhotai, what are things going to be like seen as in a thousand years? These things won't even matter. eighteen coups that have happened, or how, however many, those things aren't even going to be those are that's like a blip in the history of the universe. so it was interesting to see those two kind of things play out, you know going to Sukhotai and seeing this old old kingdom where you know that there was drama and you know that there was politics and things but in the end it's just going to be a huge ruin one day and the same with Thai politics with our politics like in the end all of these things aren't going to exist anymore so I think that what it teaches me is that the most important thing is to push for good in the world, not be selfish, and just try and love others. It's so sad to see how much harm can be done in a few years of someone just being greedy and they are in power for a few years and they can just wreck. But their impact they've had can be felt for so many years and it made me sad for even our own country and some of the things that are happening, how even just a few years, how far it can set us back. So, yeah, just thinking about all, th- all that stuff and about the impermanence of government as a political science major, it was kind of really seeing that like eye to eye. But I do think it is important that we try to create good in the world still. I still have faith in that. So, yeah, really interesting book, really interesting time at Sukkotai and seeing those themes like tie together was really fun. Another really cool thing was a couple of days after this, we had our opening social on Monday. And we just went to what was this Lana cultural center. So I've talked about this Lana's like northern Thai culture. And when we were there, it was just kind of posh and really cool. They had people that were carving watermelons and doing like these like traditional, really artsy, cool Thai fruit carvings. And someone was playing the xylophone thing, which was really cool, which I got some audio of. And then we had this traditional. Thai dinner which was like a buffet and it was kind of cool because like the table was like maybe a foot elevated off the ground but instead of like squatting under the table it was like dug out so you could like sit you basically like sat on the ground but then your legs went down into like this space underneath the table and it was just like really weird setup but like really fun and then we watched this show that was like traditional Thai culture dancing and was really fun and just great to hang out with people. Yeah, and besides that, there's just a lot of day-to-day stuff. You know, sometimes you're coming back home late after hanging out with friends. So I'm just getting home after watching a movie, coming home and Oh my gosh. Uh doggos keep barking at me. So scared. Or you know, you're with your classmates trying to learn Thai. G. G. G, 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 G,
1: G, G, very good!
0: But all in all, it's just a fun experience to be with people that I've really gotten to know and love, and it's so different than like. guess a vacation it's a fun way to be able to be learning and doing something productive and know that I'm working towards goals that I have while still being able to travel and see all this amazing stuff but it isn't always all just like going out and doing super fun things a lot of it is just classwork and grinding away making podcasts and you know still trying to have as much fun as possible Hey Gringo Guavas, if you really enjoy this podcast, check out my Instagram page. It's at thegringoguava, just the name of my podcast. There I post pictures from my travels, I have fun stories about what I'm doing, and it's also a great way to be able to interact with me and the podcast, so check that out. So now I'm gonna be interviewing Soraya Hong. She's one of my classmates here in this study abroad. She's from Utah, she's an international relations major. And I talked to her a little bit about where she's been, where she wants to go things that she's done, and some of the fun experiences that we've had together here in Thailand. Hope you guys really enjoy it. Hey, Soraya, and welcome to the Gringo Guava podcast. How are you doing tonight?
1: Good to be here.
0: Our philosophy here at the Gringo Guava podcast. Gringo, as you might know, means like foreigner in Mm -hmm. Spanish. And Guava, well, in Thai, it's farang, which is their word for foreigner. So basically, just the idea that when you're traveling, you should understand that you are intruding on someone else's culture and have the approach of an outsider.
1: I didn't know that there was that much thought into the name. I thought you just chose it because it makes, like, two languages that you've learned before. But I actually like it. Instead of just being, like, an arrogant traveler who sticks to what they're comfortable with. How do you think
0: that fits in with your own travel philosophy? I would
1: say it's actually pretty similar. I like to, I definitely like to try new things. Amber and I, we go out, try new stuff. We're like trying to put together like a list of restaurants that we want to go to, for example. Places that we want to go.
0: Ooh, sounds fun. Where do you find that kind of stuff? The
1: internet, man travel blogs.
0: Have you done that like when you've gone like other places?
1: Yeah I would say I'm a research person. This is like kind of the trip that's the exception but most times I would say I look stuff up beforehand and try to get like a better sense of what I want to do especially if it's limited time. Like I want to visit these restaurants for sure. I want to do this. Go see this. Maybe get this. But then also like kind of the philosophy of like if you like something else it's okay to change your mind. You don't have to stick to it.
0: Right because we were talking about how like when you go somewhere the best thing is to like make a really solid plan
1: because then if you
0: find something better than that plan you'll know that it really is a good thing
1: like keeping an open mind like you said but still having a plan because I don't like to I don't really like to waste time
0: oh yeah I love to have like a detailed plan of uh have you ever read like the New York Times 48-hour itineraries
1: I've read stuff like that yeah
0: for cities those are great because they pack in more stuff than you could like conceivably do so then you just, like, have a list of things so that if, if you're ever in a moment, like, what should we do next? You just, like, do that. But for the most part, maybe you're walking to this, like, bakery that you read about and you see a pizza place looks really fun, you know? And you can just go do that, but you need a destination to, like, get going. And...
1: Like, you got to know good parts of the city, for example, that you want to go to.
0: So, Sister, where have your travels taken you?
1: Okay, just putting it out there. So it's just probably going to ask later. But my mom is from Taiwan. My dad is from the Hong Kong region. So definitely been to Taiwan a few times. Not like every year because, you know, it's expensive. We're not about that kind of life. But we go to Taiwan, travel a bit, visit family, stuff like that. And then travel around the U.S. a little bit, visited big cities. We go to California a lot. That kind of stuff, you know the typical American stuff: Mexico, Orlando.
0: Orlando, <laughs> that is super typical <laughs> American. Know, I know it is. Oh my gosh! Uh, so, Canada, even though it's, you've been to Canada, yeah. Where'd you go in Canada?
1: Vancouver a couple of times, and then Toronto once.
0: And where'd you go in Mexico? Cancun.
1: Somewhere like that. Oh wait, what's that one? It's, it's on the west side. It's like a. Cabo beach. San
0: Lucas. No, the other one. Tijuana.
1: Yes, that's where we went.
0: Ensenada. Why is (laughs) Tijuana funny?
1: I don't remember. Because Tijuana. Why would we go there? Why Why would we go there? (laughs) To sell drugs? Because you can. (coughs) It's the closest
0: place you can drive to, and it's on the beach. It's beautiful.
1: Okay. Have you
0: been to Tijuana? No, actually no. I've been to Tijuana, it's beautiful.
1: I bet you have. I was Orange County. It's
0: like three hours from now
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
0: So when was the first time you remember going back to Taiwan or Hong Kong? How old were you?
1: We go every few years, I would say, probably, but I don't know. I think the first time, it's like barely anything, like when I was like, what, two or something? The first like real one that I remembered was like, I don't know, when I was four or something for my... Grandpa's funeral, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So then that you remember
0: stuff like that a little bit more. What? That's like really interesting to me because like my so my mom's mom is German, and around middle school, each of us have gone back to Germany with her, and that's like a really big thing for us. It's going back and like connecting with the homeland.
1: That's good. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Do you feel that way going back? Like it sounds like you've been like back a lot more though. Do you think that it's changed? Each time you go back, like, you see it differently now than you did when you were, like, four, five, six.
1: I would say so, yeah. Especially la- the last time I went, which was, like, five years ago. So still in high school, but, like, I definitely saw stuff differently.
0: What do you think was different from when you were, like, younger?
1: Okay, do you uh, feel more connected,
0: less connected to, like...
1: Like, both. Because, like, when you're a kid, you don't notice how, like, if you're different from your classmates until it, like, builds up. And so, like, by that time in high school, I already, like, had a sense of it. And so, like, going back, it's just different. Just, And it's also kind of a relief because I could just, like, go around. As long as I didn't, like, speak too much, I could get around easily without people, like, staring or whatever.
0: Do you think that you'll ever, like, take your kids back there?
1: Yeah, I would say so, yeah.
0: I didn't think of, like, me being, like, second generation. But, like, me growing up somewhere where, like, I do look more like the... Well, actually, since, <laughs> like, California, I don't look like the predominant population because was <laughs> Hispanic everywhere mm. I went. But in general, right... Being in America, but then going back to Germany, like, "Well, this is also, like, who I am,
1: mm-hmm. was so,
0: like, empowering, honestly.
1: I think so, so, yeah. I
0: would definitely think that that's a, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. I, like, talked about it a little bit in my first travel blog. So, aside, <laughs> so, so, like, a little disclaimer, like, I, when I was, it was up until, like, the last trip I went to Taiwan that I, like, didn't really see myself as American. I know that's probably weird because I, like, was born and raised there, but it's just because, like, people wouldn't, like recognize me as American either and so I didn't because like growing up our mom would always say like ABC which means American born Chinese American
0: born Chinese so that it's like my friend says that
1: yeah I'm sure they do yeah and it's it's literally in the name but like I don't think it clicked with me until I went to Taiwan and like people like like oh they're like oh she's just you know she's the American that's visiting or something like that
0: when you're here with the other white kids do you feel like the Thai people treat you differently because of how you look they assume that you are Thai and so they treat you differently
1: I don't know if they treat me differently like but it is, it's just like just the typical like they speak to me in Thai and then I they realize I don't and then like sometimes I feel like they just get disappointed or something I don't I don't know <laughs> they're like oh of course of course like would she that not happen- Freaking no Thai or something I would that know, happen in know.
0: Taiwan like people would be like disappointed that you didn't speak like, great Chinese
1: I think maybe sometimes some people would too yeah cuz like my Chinese is definitely better than Thai but still like they probably expected more
0: now, I want to talk to you about some of the stuff that we've done here. Right. Out in Thailand. Because we went to Sukhothai, right? And mm-hmm. on the way there, we visited a, a couple of temples. And we hadn't, like, you didn't know beforehand that we would be, like, visiting those temples. So you weren't ready with the, like, long pants and stuff.
1: <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. And
0: so what did you have to do when we got to the temple?
1: I had to borrow some sarongs from ladies. And they would, <laughs> they helped me put it on because I had no idea how to.
0: Yeah.
1: And... You know, actually, they picked out a couple of nice ones, I have to say.
0: You were killing it. Oh, thank you. For, uh, it really <laughs> beautiful. But what does it feel like to feel, does that feel, like, discriminatory that you have to, like, cover up to go somewhere? Or is it, like, do you feel like, oh, like, that's their culture, like, I need to adapt?
1: So I get, I definitely get that it's their culture. And I feel like since we're here, you know, I got to adapt to it, even if I don't, like, personally agree with it. But it is how it is for them, you know? Like, for them, it's just not even questionable. Like, it just, that's how it is for women. Like, how they can't go to certain places in the temples, you know? Like, that's just Uh, how it is, kind of a thing. And, I mean, I'll adhere to it. Like, I won't. Like, I don't know, like, take off my pants and, like, run around. I don't know.
0: Have you had any more, um like, experiences like that where, like, your gender came into play in a way that it wouldn't in America?
1: I think, like, people here keep saying, like, for women, like, especially foreigners, to be careful being alone. And it's not like they don't say that in America. Maybe it's a scare tactic, too, but they keep saying, like, watch out, look for, like, human trafficking signs, like... Um, don't do this alone, don't do this at night, like, come back earlier.
0: It's like, my cousin said that I'm really lucky that I'm a six seven white man,
1: because if <laughs> I weren't,
0: i just look like a victim, because I'll just, like, stop in the street and then, like, look around, like, obviously lost, have no idea where I'm <laughs> going, and she's like, as a woman, whenever I travel, like, I'm like... This is where I'm going, to this destination, and, like, I'm going straight there. So do you feel that even being a woman, you can still have, like, just as much fun as a guy? You just have to, like, think about it a little bit extra? Would you say that's true?
1: I think so. It's, like, like what you make of it, right? So, but I think it's just, like, extra precautions. Just, like, as a solo traveler, like, also in general. But I think you can have the same amount of fun. Just got to take stuff into consideration. Be smart. Yeah, like, there's always those... You know, like if you search online, there's like tons of tips for women traveling alone. Just like yeah, stuff like
0: that. the U.S. State Department has like a whole page on it. Oh, I didn't
1: know that.
0: Yeah, so like the U.S. State Department has like country by country like travel hmm. advisories and then they have a whole page that's like traveling internationally if you're a woman. And I read that because oh. I was like, I want to be aware of like what kind of things that like I should be considerate of for women abroad.
1: Interesting. Cool. Cause no, I'm it's a good, feminist, good. You know, right? You know, right? Of course.
0: Cool. So, how did you like the the Sukhothai trip? Did you have a favorite spot that we went to, one of the temples, or just like Sukhothai itself?
1: I just like Sukhothai itself, cause like before that we were just seeing temples, right? But it, I think it was cool to see ruins. I remember that, like, thinking that when we first saw it, or the, you know, like there was a beginning part that we walked into, and it was like pillars, and then a, a like, kind of in front of it was a big Buddha.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I really like that one.
0: Could you feel, like, I, like... Whenever I'm in, like, ruins, I always, like, imagine, like, what it was like.
1: Yeah, I try to, but...
0: And it's, like, kind of crazy, like, how big it was, right?
1: Especially for like, the time, yeah.
0: Like, the complex itself, like, just land-wise was huge.
1: It was. Because
0: we'd cycle, for, like, a good bit and come on, like, we another had... temple, but, like, it, it would be part of the same complex, like, the same...
1: So, apparently, like the Sukhothai park that we went in, there's like four parts and you have to pay each time and I think we only went into one section because we only oh, really? paid once and so I think there was more we just didn't go and see it so that's how, like how big it was
0: oh man yeah that's fun crazy fact
1: did you know that they're also one of the kings from the Sukhothai kingdom he was like the first one to make Theravada Buddhism like the official religion oh really so it wasn't even a big part of it until the Sukhothai kingdom apparently
0: huh that's interesting Closing it out, where has been, like, your favorite place that you've been?
1: Singapore was really cool. It's definitely, like, a fusion of East and West, I would say. Definitely more Western prices, I have to say, more expensive. (laughs) But, like, besides that, it's really cool because, like, there's a... There's like a diverse, like mix of people. It's a really clean city. I know people say that all the time, but it really is. Food is good. Like, what more do you want? And it's like if like Western travels will probably like have a good time with it because it's pretty friendly too. Everyone
0: speaks English.
1: Yes, and you know you can go see like stuff in Crazy Rich Asians now too.
0: Dude, movie tour. Oh movie tour. Oh, you
1: could, yeah. One of the craziest things, like, it's on my bucket list. You know, like, that end of the party scene where they, like, have that huge party up that boat thingy on top mm-hmm. of the three pillar hotels? Yeah,
0: what is that? So,
1: it's a hotel that there's, like, a huge shopping mall also in it. So, it's really popular with tourists. And then you go up to, like, if you stay in it, you can go up to the pool. It's supposed to be, like, an amazing infinity pool that goes over the edge at the top. And you can, it just has, like, the, like some of the best sights of Singapore, supposedly.
0: Do you have any tips for people that want to travel more? how to find places to go and how to just go out and do it
1: as someone that likes to plan a lot i would just say do your research i don't know i kind of like to watch people who travel and eat food kind of weird but you know
0: no food is like (laughs) one of the three like top things for me anywhere i go oh
1: definitely so that's why those videos are fun
0: street people to talk to Oh. And religion are probably my Dang like, it. big three, I would say. Like nature's cool and stuff, but like food and then like I, I love going to like cathedrals.
1: And temples, and then people.
0: And then just talking to people. I love I've food. Never I think about food's that. one of the most amazing things.
1: Oh, it definitely is. It's like telling of the culture, I always think. Um if you go anywhere hot, I have a little handheld fan that really comes in handy, I'm just gonna say. Oh
0: signature Soraya <laughs> handheld fan. Yeah, of Gotta course. get it.
1: Yeah, lifesaver.
0: Thanks for being on the show, Soraya. I hope you have a lot of fun in Thailand.
1: Thanks for having me on your Kingo Guava show.
0: So my travel highlight this week would have to be my Cotopaxi bag. It's the Luzon 18. It's the one that people get when they do Questival. And it's super nice because I use it as an everyday bag because it's just open drawstring. It's not structured. And it compacts down really nicely. The bag itself is super light. But then when I went on this trip that weekend, I was actually able to get, just we were there for an overnight trip and I was able to get my change of clothes. I would have been able to fit my swimsuit if I hadn't forgot it, my hammock, everything that I needed, my toiletry kit and everything into this bag. and it really and like expand it big so getting a bag that when it's not completely full is light and small on your back but that you can stuff it and it got so big was super nice i would really recommend getting a bag that's like that that just has a big main open compartment i love my school backpack back home which has all these pockets and organizers and stuff but it really makes it hard to have it have that like flexibility and so yeah i i love Cotopaxi gear They are super responsible in how they source everything and also their just company culture is really fun. The cool thing about the bag that I got is it's called their Del Dia branding, which basically means that in the factory in the Philippines, the people that make it have complete creative control over which color fabric to use, which color threads to use and everything. So each backpack is completely unique and beautiful and they're crazy colors, but they're so, so much fun. You can find a bag that's uniquely you and fits your style perfectly. So definitely go check them out and let me know what you think. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you think um, through anchor.fm. You can leave me a voicemail and I will feature you in the next podcast. Definitely interact with me on my Instagram page at thegringoguava. Let me know what you think about this episode. Any things that you'd like to hear about my trip here in Thailand. And I love getting love from my Gringo Guavas. Have a great week, guys. Bye.